We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. You guys know where to follow me on the tweet machine, so I'm just going to shout out our YouTube channel, uh, Seahawks Man to Man on YouTube. Hit that button, y'all. Hit that button. Even if you listen on Spotify or whatever, just hit the button. We appreciate the love. Chris, talk to him. Oh, I was going to show an example of how to subscribe, but oh, it's too, no, too it's, much. It's okay. They got it. <laughs> Millennials, we got it. Yes, this is Christopher Kidd. You can follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. And that's Kid 206 uh, This is our midweek episode, but we are once again going to pivot away from having someone who covers uh, the opposing team because, quite honestly, only like three people in the world cover the Cardinals. Uh, and right now, we don't want to talk to any of them. We'd rather have the homie Sam Gold join us. Sam, great with the film at, uh, analysis, great breaking down the Seahawks. So he joins us on this week's show. Second time uh, in this regular season. We'll make this a recurring thing here. Sam, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm back from Green Bay, which I, I'm very happy <laughs> to be cold. back. Oh, it was cold. It's hard to get there. It took me four planes total, like no. round trip. It's just, <laughs> just, just awful uh, experience. Just getting out there. If the Seahawks never play in Green Bay again, is, La- is Lambo oh, okay though? I feel like that'd be a fun feel, like at least historic. Okay, so I have a, I have a hot take. Lambo's not, oh, not great. Oh, like, okay. I think it's like a, I've only been to I think about 17 of the stadiums. Maybe maybe not even that many. I think I've been at least half. If you include what? the London the London Stadium too, yeah. And the, Green Bay is not even in like my top ten. What, what's what's like your number one? Uh, the newer ones are just the the better ones. It's not even that complicated. Um, Allegiant is really nice. That's the Raiders. Um, U.S. Bank, uh, Minnesota is yeah, probably the good. best one. That one in Dallas, I think, are like a tier above the other one. Just in like the coolness of the stadium. I think fan right. base. I don't. I still don't think I've heard anyone louder than Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been to Kansas City, so maybe or New Orleans. Those are the other two teams that probably compete for there. But like I've been to Green Bay for a playoff game, and that was not as loud as uh, a, a Seahawk game, a regular yeah. season Seahawk game. So Lambo's not not there for me, man. SoFi is really cool. Uh, I haven't been there with yeah. fans, but I went last year for the Rams game. SoFi is cool. The way the screen is set up, yeah, like so the yeah, circular Atlanta, screen thing. Yeah, the circular screen thing is cool. Dallas is like screen thing is cool. Minnesota does a little bit too much, like pyrotechnics and stuff, but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, cool. Like the, they're they're trying. Whereas like yeah, uh, Lambeau Field and Soldier <laughs> Field are not the, the those as for as historic as those franchises are. They need upgrades. <laughs> to their to their stadiums have you been to washington's like that's that's the stadium i grew up on and then um, man that's a horrible not. stadium yeah i'm going um what's are you going today? for in november 16th yeah i'll be there in two weeks yeah, yeah I, was, I was gonna say that's man that's one of the worst stadiums in the nfl you're gonna hate it <laughs> yeah no not not I'm, I'm not just gonna like getting out there just long long trip uh Tyler Heineke. I'm not really trying to. Trying to <laughs> I don't get to watch Chase Young. It's just. Really I would be. I'd, I'd be in high school, and you'd be like, "All right, we're getting tickets to this game." I'd be like, "No, we're not. <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> My couch is way better." <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's some stadiums I can see why people just don't. Don't. Yeah. I haven't been to MetLife. I like to check that out. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's some cool ones. There's some like Lambo Soldier Field, not high, on 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 my list. Even like Ford Field in Detroit was like 
a little better. But perhaps that was because I was in a dome and it was in October. So yeah, I was just happy about being inside. So if, again, if the Seahawks never want to go back to Green Bay, cool with me. Nice. Cool. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm all, I'm all right. Let's play that game in London or like Mexico City or something like that. Just my my minor hot play. take is that all stadiums should be domes. But I feel like that takes away from the authenticity of the game. I Even though know. I love, I, I just like domes are more comfortable. Actually, hold on, that might be. I might, I might be with you on that. Why, why is that though? Let's see. Let's hear the reasoning behind that one. Uh, my reasoning is 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 pure. I don't like weather. I I, I like I like. I just <laughs> I don't like seen it. that coming. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the worst. And I know. And it's it's not a good it's not a good reason. And I feel like people are gonna hate me for this, but it's I want seventy two year round like. If if LA didn't wasn't as expensive and didn't have you know wasn't crazily traffic and everything that that'd be a great place but like I I just hate cold weather I hate I I just don't like the elements I mean that's just me no that's there's some, I think there's something to that especially from a um a competitive standpoint it would just level the playing field yeah uh, I talk to my homies who like baseball and I tell them sometimes like guys you guys don't think it's weird that all the stadiums aren't constructed the same like that's a huge deal <laughs> oh you mean one one park favors pitchers one park favors hitters yeah, it's interesting. that's not fair <laughs> what, <laughs> you, it, what no that i think that's like you need like advanced numbers to adjust for stadium size yeah. or construction you know where they have the green monster or whatever in boston or like colorado where you could hit a bomb if it goes 350 feet because of the altitude yeah, and the stadium structure yeah it's i thought that was weird so very similar in football. It's like, oh, that'd be cool if everyone just had the same conditions every game. Mm. I'm sure kickers would hear that and be like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A complete idea of parody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that. A huge tangent. But, uh, that was great. Yeah. I enjoyed it. No, I, uh, people do ask me about which stadiums I like the best. So that's I got you. like, it, Sam's not the only one. But yeah, Lambo is not high on the list. Let's let's say that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's let's talk, into what talk about. Um, what happened at Lambeau and just kind of what that means for the overall offense for the Seahawks in general. Cause we've basically gotten to the point where we're right back in 2020 in the second half of the season, like, huh, mm. what's wrong with the offense uh, again. And I've become one of those guys told you this off air too. I'm, I'm getting to the, the hold on now, Russ, not being able to throw, not being able to not wanting to throw into the middle of the field very often yeah, is becoming more and more problematic the more and more I become a film nerd and a numbers guy and then look like, hey, it's like a third of the field he's not using. Am I am I overstating that element? Because I'm I, I'm inching towards that every year I learn yeah, more, more about offense. It's 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 not a it's not an unreasonable belief because it's true. The thing, <laughs> the, the thing is that okay, so let's let's start with like a, like a very basic play concept, uh, quick game where you do like a one-two step out of shotgun and you're trying to throw a short pass with timing and rhythm. And the only thing that really matters is that you just stay in your, your rhythm with your footwork. You hit your receiver right as soon as they break. It's, it's, it's like a very standard, standard concept that every single NFL team uses and um, or that style of play. Um, Seahawks love the stick concept. It's like mm -hmm. one of Russell Wilson's, like his absolute favorite quick game concept because they've used it literally his entire career. and <laughs> the, the, the open theory that I think it's true now is that he just likes throwing it outside because it's just easier for him to see that. And, and maybe there's truth to that. So the stick concept is you have your inside receiver, your slot running a stick route, which is essentially like a little, it's basically a little hitch, but uh, versus versus man, uh, the stick receiver will continue outside against zone. Your, your goal is to sit and find outside leverage in order to find space. Whereas, on the next to him, you have your flat receiver or his goal or it's an error route or your goal is to get to the sideline. And so the way a quarterback will read that is he'll go error route first on the outside. He'll then look at the stick. And then if neither of those open, you go to the check down. It's very one, two, three, you're done. You don't you don't buy time. You don't do anything and you just you just do it. And that's it. And you're done. And they've used that play concept over and over and over. And, and so if you're a defensive coordinator and you're like oh they're probably gonna run like quick quick game right here there's like a 75 percent chance to running a stick concept at least on one side mm -hmm. so 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 if you can plan your dbs for that you can take it away but the interesting thing is that it was like one of the what was it? it was like one of the first plays it wasn't even a stick concept it was it was an omaha where you have you have an, a slot receiver running an out route and uh and a fade route from the outside so so your out route should be open and, and that's the packers game yeah yeah packers packers game and that's just like your basic timing play, and, and Russell Wilson doesn't throw it. Like it's it's open, it's his, 
free five, six yards, he doesn't throw it. Um, so going back to the comment about over the middle of the field, I, I think it's just, it's just he likes throwing it to the outside. He prefers, he's more comfortable where he can use a sideline in case he overthrows it. And, and he's used to just throwing it on the sideline. Yeah, but uh, we're missing a huge chunk of the game because the dagger concept, it's a very classic play that um, the Packers use against the Seahawks to great effect too. It's You have your slot receiver running uh, a go or a seam route up the middle, and his goal is to occupy the safeties. And then you have a dig route, and this was Devontae Adams, and he yep. created, I don't know, it was like 20 or 30 yards on this. Um, he cuts on the inside. It's an inside breaking route, a dig. And obviously the Seahawks can't cover in breaking routes. If we talked about that last time mm-hmm. um, and he's wide open. Um, and so that's a free 20, 30 yards that every team loves that concept. And the Seahawks, for example, they don't run it nearly as much as they should, or as what I want to see um, mainly because I just don't think he really sees it. He'd rather have a corner and dig and then he'll throw the corner instead of the dig route. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even if the, the dig routes, the easier throw for the vast majority of quarterbacks, he throws the corner because he likes that bucket throw. And and that and that's exactly the play was uh, the defensive pass interference against Tyler Lockett, where he gets kind of pulled back from behind and mm-hmm. falls over in the first half or first quarter. Um, the dig route's open, too. He could have taken that, and it would have been a free play, or a, a, it would have been a good play, good throw, good read, everything. Um, like, I don't blame him for throwing the corner for the record. It's it's more he just enjoys throwing the corners. He enjoys throwing the the fades up the sideline. He enjoys showing, throwing the arrows and all those near the sideline. So I think we're just getting to the point where he's just not comfortable throwing over the middle. And I think that's just a reality. And it's really hard to play the game when, exactly as you said, if you're going to a lot of too high coverages, the middle's open. You have to take the middle. That mm-hmm. seam throw that you want back in the day, Jimmy Graham running the middle, you, you need that. Uh, but we just we just aren't hitting those. And we're not hitting those over the middle stuff because – Russell Wilson just doesn't do it. Is, is that to give people like a, a clearer visual of that type of concept? Is that the concept DK scored on against the Niners last year? The one where he catches it and runs by everybody at home. Do you remember that? Uh, probably. I would you need to rewatch Chris? it. I'll be honest when, with you. When he catches the ball and runs across the field and no one touches him and he hits like 22 miles an I, hour. I know. Like I, I know that play, but I'm wondering what Tyler Lockett was doing on that. Cause yeah. that might've, he, that... he might be running a corner is the thing is that it's, it's usually that or like a post or something like, uh, but I know what player talk. I do remember when DK yeah. just caught it and streamed across. Yeah, he the ran across everybody and then just ran the, the sideline and scored yeah. for like 76 yeah, yards. No, it something was, crazy. It was huge. It looked, cause I remember re- looking at that play. The reason it came to my mind, I was like, yeah, that was real simple. You just throw it to DK. He runs by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, like Will Disley, for example, like if, 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 if you're going to get him involved in the offense, you get him involved on a drag route or something underneath where you can grab it and run across. And that's, that's his game. Like he's like, he, the one thing that really impressed me when he came out of college was that he can actually run a very impressive drag route. <laughs> and it's, and it's not like that's it's, it's, I'll say this. If, if you screw up a drag, I'm going to get angry, but if you run a good drag, I'm going to get really happy. <laughs> what happens? What happens? A lot of receivers. All right, this is this is this is gonna kill me because I I have to say this is that if you run a drag and you push up to five or six yards and you come back to the ball, you just screwed it up and I hate you. Mm-hmm. you do not come back <laughs> yeah. to the line of scrimmage. Exactly, because you're giving up yards. You get tackled, and it's like it's 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 like in Madden when you don't hit like the 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 yak button and yeah. they always come back and they always get hit. It's it's, it's horribly annoying. But what Will Disley can do is he can push up and that push the DB fast farther up. So instead of getting to five yards, he goes to eight or nine and then he comes back to the five yard mark. So he still gets the net five or six yards on the move, but he cleared space. So it's like Will Disley can do that. Yep. So let him run a day, let him run a drag. And I just, they were using him on like an option route. And I'm like, nah, you're not going to use Will Disley on an option route. Come on, man. Like it's, it's, he's, he's good on spots. He's good on drags. Like he's, he's, you're not going to use them an option, though, but they use them on an option. That's that's a KYP. Know your personnel with yeah. that with Will Disley. But you mentioned running the drag route. There are times when I think speedy receivers, Tyreek Hill comes to mind. Yeah. He runs a drag route. It makes me – It's he, he comes back to the ball, and he starts dancing, and now it's a one-yard game. Yeah. <laughs> Where, to your point, keep that distance. Catch it yeah. and go. It's a drag. It's it supposed yeah. to, exactly. Go ahead, Mike. So this is what I asked next because they're not going to – you're not going to sign anybody new, right? Like you can't trade for anybody at this point. Um, they're not, you know, the Odell thing is done. So this is the, this is the group they've got. The but is this, is the personnel there for Russ to even 
attack the middle in the way that he can. Like beyond Will running digs or Will running drags, like do they have the guys who can excel in getting open in the middle of the field to help Russ out? Uh, I think if Russ wanted to hit the middle, we would have a lot, a lot more dynamic offense. Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to say that pretty bluntly. If, if we have every single receiver on this team, uh, Metcalf can run a nasty dig. Mm-hmm. Lockett can run a nasty dig. Like it's, it's, I haven't really seen Eskridge run that many digs because we haven't really seen him. Um, who else? Swain? I don't know if I've really seen him run a dig. Um, I'll put him on drag instead. Yeah. stops. Anyways, Metcalf and Lockett, you're going to put them on a dig. And if we can run more like drive concepts where it's like you have like a drag underneath, give that to Swain or, or Disley, my boy, on the drag, and then put a dig <laughs> behind it, that's an easy read. And 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 you stretch the linebackers. And if 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 Russell Wilson can see that or if he wants to throw it, that's that's a good play. But but we don't do it. So I think that one thing, um, especially this past game when they scored zero points. When they score zero points, everyone's getting yelled at. It's Pete, it's yeah, Russ, yeah, yeah. the O-line, the receivers. Like, it's a little bit of everybody gets Shane. But specifically with Shane, when you have that limitation from in your passing game, how tough yeah. does that make it on him during the week trying to figure out how to beat, you know, competent defenses? Yeah, <clears throat> it's a good, it's a really hard question. And and for this game, I'll there's a lot of right now there's a lot of rhetoric around um i think i'm using that word correctly <laughs> rhetoric uh that if that they should have ran the ball more for example right that, yeah that the packers that, yeah were at light boxes it was like 97 percent of the time or something like that i saw some next gen stat mm-hmm. and then um basically collins had like over four yards of carry and i'm with them like this is one of the few times that i'm sh- i'm downright shocked they didn't run the ball more and and that like like it's if you're going to miss a large chunk of the field, and as much as I like Wilson, this is a large chunk of the field and not built to consistently hit that as 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 all NFL NFL teams can hit that, you have to make it up in other areas. Mm-hmm. And and in the past, that was Wilson dropping that bucket fade route. That was DK Metcalf winning one-on-one. And that is what the offense has come down to. If 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 they can win one-on-one. They can make plays. And that's pretty much the hard part of this is that if they're not getting open against man coverage uh, in that, in that respect, they aren't going to make plays to, to, to win. And, and, and this is just, this is just the issue that we're running into. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's extremely difficult to stop that. So basically you have to make it up somewhere else. Um, and then in my opinion, this game, it would have been, it should have been more running the ball. And then Russell Wilson has to be more accurate. That's the other major thing. I want to hear your thoughts on getting your playmakers involved. You mentioned what Tyler Lockett and DK can do. How would you get them involved knowing that the quarterback doesn't feel comfortable throwing it over the middle, but you also need to get these guys targets because that's, their strength these two getting the ball yeah. results in touchdowns results in points which they didn't put up against the packers what would you do to get dk and tyler lockett involved despite the fact that russ might not be comfortable throwing it over the middle of the field uh stacked releases is the first thing that comes to mind mm. i want to see more stacks i want to see a lot more twin stacks i want to see a lot more trips bunches um i want to see them out leverage people um the drift concept was something i expected to see more and I've seen Russell Wilson throw it, but they don't really run it very often. And that's something I thought we would see at least once or twice a game. Uh, the drift concept is basically it's a it's a play action concept where the backside receiver will run. If you're reading your cornerback's leverage to figure out what route you should run. So basically, if he has uh, be sitting on top, you're going to turn it more into a dig. If he has more inside leverage, then 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 you'll start pushing up into more of a seam. Uh, and so that's the basic tendency of a, of a drift route. And I expected them to run more plays like that. Um, for instance, like that's something I expected them to, to use, uh, when I started breaking down Shane Waldron's offense, when he was with the Rams and I just thought they would bring that over more, more frequently, but they've gotten away from that. Uh, the other thing I would do is I don't get why they'll, they don't run more play action, just more consistent. <laughs> like it, it's. And what and I'm trying to figure out when was uh let's let, let me let me find it. Where was it? Uh when it comes to 
Russell Wilson in play action. I think he's usually really good. Um, and obviously this game is, is the anomaly just because he was terrible in all the entire game. But for example, they had 12 attempts in, in uh, or 12 dropbacks in play action and then 36 without it. That's only 25%. Mm-hmm. That ratio should be the reverse run play action yeah. every single play. Like they, <laughs> they, were, they were, they were, they were literally giving the run. So, so why not run some play action or, or just hand the ball off? Like it's like, it's like, for me, it's it's less about getting the players involved in the sense of what would I what would I like how would I use them differently. I think it's more about the consistency of play calling and, and, and exactly what you said before, know your personnel. And I, I feel like I feel like they've gone away from the true strengths of this team. And that is Russell Wilson on play action. I think that is um DK Metcalf on a deep dig. And, and even if it has to be a deeper route, push him deeper so that Wilson can see that. And maybe yeah. he has more time and maybe he has to step back a little bit and then jump forward to throw it. I'm fine with that. But it's just we're lacking, we're lacking on the basic things and we're expecting to make it up, make it up in other areas and other teams are shutting it down. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another thing I want to look at is the run game because against the Steelers, Coach Tomlin, they did a little halftime report and Coach Tomlin expected the Seahawks to throw the ball. The Seahawks did not do that. They decided to run the ball, which got them back into the game. Alex Collins ended up going for, I think, over 100 yards that game. And then against the Packers, they didn't do that. And you mentioned they should be running the football. Is it the fact that they're missing Chris Carson or is it just the fact that they don't have a good offensive line and the running backs are struggling to find holes because there's nothing there. Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. And uh, the run blocking unit, and this is per pro, fo- pro football focus, is ranked something like 26 in the NFL in terms of their 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 grade. Mm. That's not good, obviously. No, it's people, bad. people, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> straight up, it's bad. Like it's like if if people were looking at the 49ers game. Um, and saying that that we should run the ball like they do, and it's like, yeah, they have the fourth ranked offensive line and run blocking. Of course, we run it, and, it, and it's, it's like, was it was if it's working, then do it. But typically, it's not working. But the thing in the Packers game is it was, and and this is one of those rare times where I don't know whose decision it was. I'm I'm going to throw it out and say it's probably Waldron. I don't get why they didn't run it. Mm. It's 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 it, it was working for a large portion of the game in terms of, in terms of his carries, you would see like a, um, like a, like a, a quick game throw getting five yards. Alex Collins would get that, would get the next five yards, be a first down. Then, then a first down, then on the first down throw on the next play, Wilson would miss his receiver wide and you would have a long second, and long play. They're trying to run some sort of screen, like a tight end screen that obviously fails because we can't run screens. And then now you're at a deep third down. Wilson either gets sacked or ha- sacked or has to scramble. And, and, and we're not going to, <laughs> go for it on fourth down so we plant it's it's like it feels like that's like been the uh 
what's happened on too many drives or too many. Maybe I just have PTSD or something. But <laughs> no, that, that sounds like a Seahawks game. That sounds like yeah. every Seahawks game, not just this Packers game. Yeah, it just, it just, I feel like, uh, I feel like Waldron just isn't in his in his full groove in terms of uh, sequencing plays yet. I think that's the one thing that I think other coordinators, like when you watch uh, like McVeigh or or even Kyle Shanahan, no matter what people think of him, I think he's really good at scheming and coordinating sequencing plays. Like like, and that's something I think Waldron. I think that's something that we're missing right now. And 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 maybe we just need to give Waldron more time because this is this is the first time doing it. How much time does he need? Because shoot, we in week <laughs> ten, these boys is. Or going on week eleven, these boys is three and I don't even know week we're they're going. Three, they're three, they're three and, nine, and six going in three and six, yeah. and it, yeah. it's not looking good. Shane is clearly struggling with some of these calls. Hell, I saw Debo Samuel line up in the backfield and score a touchdown. I'm like, yeah. I, they, I mean, they could give that to DK and let him try it. I don't think they would ever do such a thing. Yes, Eskridge is the guy you should yeah, do that. Yeah, to Eskridge. And yeah. you know what? Eskridge's not even getting any playing time. They want to ease him. Time. They want to ease him back in for whatever reason. Maybe they're worried about him getting hurt. But one more question about the offense. In regards to DK and Lockett, if they do attack the middle, it's a win-win situation, right? You mentioned it earlier. You were saying that this, and for example, against the Packers, they were playing the two high safeties. If they go over the middle, we're looking at a completely different ball game. Yep. Why not just do it? Is it as simple as... Russ is really comfortable just throwing out to the numbers and we're going to stick with that no matter what happens. Yeah. And if we lose this game, we'll... We'll, we'll figure it out next. I mean, I just don't understand how they could see that and not make any changes because they have the iPads there for them to see everything. Yeah. They make adjustments. You go into the second half. Okay, we should probably run the ball. Okay, the middle's wide open. Let's just take it. Yes. My my conspiracy theory on this. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm a big conspiracy Sports wise, I am not a political. Conspiracy <laughs> this is not a political conspiracy. Yes. It's not political. Make that my very conspiracy clear. Conspiracy. <laughs> no, I already lost my train of thought. My my conspiracy theory is that they saw that Russell Wilson was inaccurate. Mm. They were like, "Oh shoot! If he throws it too high or too far, that's a pick. Uh, <laughs> and if you throw right. it in the middle and you can't you can't hit that hole, that's a pick all day. Okay. And, and throwing right. it to the outside allows a margin of error and safety. And, me, and maybe that's it. That's my I conspiracy like that. theory. It's, it's it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does jet fuel meal, melt? Steel beams. I don't know. We'll, oh, I wanted to. I've been uh, people who watching like, why is Mike not looking at the screen? I was trying to quantify some of the stuff we were talking about earlier. The Seahawks are uh, 14th in early down play action rate, um, which it's actually it's increasing. That's uh, better like, than last year. Better than yeah, last year. it was better. It's better than like three weeks ago, too. But yeah. like there to to also quantify how good they are when they actually do play action. They're sixth in expected points added per play. There you go. Play action. Run so play like, action every single play. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be always just turn around, fake it to Alex. There's other ways to, you know, fake yeah. a play, fake a run. So, I mean, they're, they're good at play action and don't do yeah. it enough. And it seems like one of those things, like if you're going to coordinate an offense run by Russell Wilson, like, yeah, you should be running play action. Who's, who's who leads the league? I bet you it's like 60% or something, but they should be running it. Yeah, probably at that point. A super high rate. Like you said, there should be some type of, this is, uh, I'm going to write this in a story I'm about to put out by Wednesday. There should be misdirection of some sort, probably on every play. Every single uh, play. Every single play should either have orbits or orbit motion or jet motion. Just give me one or the other. I don't care which one. You should have an offensive coordinator job pretty soon here, Sam. Just throwing it out there. The Cardinals fired so fast. <laughs> the Cardinals use uh, play action at the on early downs. So that's first and second downs. I should yeah. say that uh, at the highest rate in the league right now, according to True Media, forty five points, uh, okay. forty five even. So forty. Damn. Damn near half the time, Kyler or I guess Colt McCoy's numbers are in that too. They're using, which is good because well, I mean, what are we at? Is it? You said fourteenth at what percentage was it? Twenty five. Oh, sorry, I didn't read the percentage. They're fourteenth at thirty four point six. Okay. Right. Where they are, right? That's early early down play action. Yeah, so obviously doesn't include any more. Jack, jack that up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get it, get it up. Yeah, no, they're oh, get that way up. So that's one of those things where, like, if you want to be critical of the team, like that's very fair. It's like, do the thing, Russ is. But if he's if you're if he's gonna have that thing that he's not gonna do, fine. Maximize the thing that he does do really well, which is yeah. you know, fake the defense, fake the defense out. Uh, speaking yeah. of defense, let's, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Last time we had John on the show, they were. They were turning things around, but the skepticism was there because what was yeah. that before they played the Saints? Saints so yeah. That was after yeah. the Steelers game. So they had kind of, they had, had a basically just kind of one decent game, which was against 
the Steelers. But since then, they've been playing well. Um, yeah. Their numbers have been good. One of the best third down teams in the league since about week four. Uh, I think they're top 10 in points allowed per game for the year, not just mm-hmm. isolating week four beyond. Um, did they fix something? Is this about who they've played? What, what, what's your theory there? Good question. Um, so, so we've seen a couple things. For example, we like in this game, we saw them giving up a good amount of yards, but then stopping uh, the offense in the red zone. We saw that a couple times uh, where Mason Crosby missed a field goal and then he made one. Uh, good result. It's a really good result for stopping a team like that. <laughs> I'll, yep. I'll take three points any day of the week for two drives like that, especially for how many yards they give up. Uh, I think what's happening is that they have better outside corner play. So you have DJ Reed and Trey Brown on the outside, and, and they're both playing way better than what was happening before. So I think that's n- n- number one thing is we finally have a s- stable outside cornerback in Trey Brown because he's not Sidney Sydney Jones and he's not <laughs> Trey Flowers either. I think that's the one huge positive. The second thing, Brooks and Adams are playing way better in coverage too. I think both are very positive. Uh, I, I saw Brooks from the, the weak hook cover a wide receiver three, run, up, run that at the seam, and I saw that in college too. And, and I've seen him doing it more consistently, which is something I like seeing a lot. Uh, he flipped his hips. He was there. He made the throw impossible. It was like an over route. Um, I think it was Alan Lazard. I'm not, I'm not actually Yeah, it was sure. Lazard. Yeah, I think he dropped Lazard. it. He did yeah. drop it, yeah. He dropped. Yeah, but it was, a, it was a difficult throw. It was out in front, and he had kind of had to dive for it anyways. And, and like, sure, sure, if he didn't drop it, maybe, maybe that's a catch, but that's still good positioning in my opinion. Uh. Obviously, you hope he breaks it up, you know, all those other things. But, you know, that's for, for where he was, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, so I think that's the second thing. I think the run defense is also getting better. I think they are being more aggressive in terms of how they're attacking their gaps, running downhill, and, and getting into the backfield in that sense. Now, I don't, I'm not sure what the stats say on that, but that's just my, my general observation um, in, the, in, that, in that respect. The issue, obviously, from that is that the defensive line is so aggressive that the screens behind them are terrorizing them, terrorizing them. Uh, Non-stop openings, even when they dropped (laughs) seven or eight into coverage because the defense would drop five to ten yards back or whatever their drop was on that play. Uh, And the defensive line was already so far up, and Aaron Jones would have three or four blockers helping protect him down the field. Um, I think the other thing we're seeing is Ryan Neal is also getting some more play time and he needs to continue getting more play time. He played 11 snaps and I thought he played pretty well on the vast majority of the snaps. Uh, I think the debate we get with Ryan Neal is, is, and I think we talked about this last time is how much should he play in terms of what personnel grouping? Cause, cause if you take, if you put him in, then they're a little bit weaker against the run. Mm-hmm. As if, if he's that third linebacker and you're not going to take a guy like Jordan Brooks out. So the question is, when is he actually going to play? Um, and if you add up Jordan Brooks' snaps and Ryan Neal snaps, you get 74, which is the total snaps in the game. So, I mean, I mean, it was probably like a, almost a direct one-for-one kind of breakdown there. Um, something, something close, at least. I think it's, I think it's a combination of those things um, that we're seeing. I also think we're seeing... Jamal Adams trusting his other teammates also. I think his angles are a little bit better. I think they've they started allowing him to play a little bit more free safety, where he's the deep free safety, which is something I know a lot of people freaked out about. Um, but his breaks and his timing in this game specifically were very good. Uh, I thought he did a great job job from the deep free safety spot in their cover three looks at breaking at the receiver. Uh, so I, I thought that was really good. He also had that interception, which was cover three um, in the red zone. Um, I mean, he, he, was, he was just there, and that was a terrible thrill, let's be real. Uh, but he still caught it, and I, th- yeah. I think we should all we should all clap <laughs> for him catching the ball. That was great. That was Applaud great. to Jamal Adams. Yeah. For, he has, he has, at the time we're recording this, he has since posted a picture of his interception. Yeah. Oh, wow. He said, <laughs> meme, meme that shit. Hashtag... Oh. Prez. So yeah. he's letting everybody know 
that he that he can do it. I want to quantify something real quick that Sam mentioned. According it. according to True Media, uh, the Seahawks are allowing the highest number of yards on running back screens in the <laughs> yeah. NFL. Surprise, two hundred and fifty eight yards. Uh, uh, what what's out. like the uh, the distance to the next? You know, like how 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 bad is it? Okay, great. Follow Great up question. there, question, Sam. Cleveland Browns are number two in passing yards allowed on halfback screens. I just I haven't isolated yeah. receivers or tight ends. This is just running back screens. I think it's mostly running backs that we have the problem with. Yes, uh, the Seahawks are allowing two hundred. Have allowed two hundred and fifty-eight. The Browns are second with one seventy-five. <laughs> so it's eighty yards. <laughs> yeah, so it's a pretty significant margin. And the Browns have played one more game than the uh, Seahawks as so well. So, eighty yards. Yeah, this is a, so that's a raw number. It's not per game. So yeah, that's that's pretty what's, pretty pretty bad. What's the uh like the average like what's like the median uh the median seems How many should they allow uh oh what well it, it gets kind of murky here because like the bear for example the bears are like 16th right okay. like and the packers are 15th and philly is six is a uh, 17th at 63 so like the bears are right there at 66 in the okay. middle but that feels really low for the median here it seems low yeah, because yeah. once you get out of the top ten, you have no other teams that have allowed a hundred yards. Mm. All right, so, so, so maybe it's like uh, what is it like a right tail or uh, I guess it'd be a left tail distribution where you have all the you have you have all the uh, the numbers with the Seahawks. Yeah, so it's a little it's a little funky there, but they're just not a good screen defending team. You keep going. I just yeah. wanted to when you no, said no, that, no, I was no. like, let me give a number for that because I was looking that up yesterday. That's how I found it so fast. It's good. It's good context. They're it's, they're very it's bad. bad. <laughs> it's really bad. They're Terrible. also actually bad at running screens. They're horrible uh, at running screens too. Uh, let me see if I got a number for that. I think Please, they might. It's, it's worse in the NFL because it, it looks it looks bad. It's tw- no, this can't be right. It's 29th in the league, and okay. it says that the Seahawks have netted. 20 21 passing yards on halfback screens because the thing is that we were uh we were negative in this game oh so that means i guess that would make sense yeah the seahawks only have this the uh true media only has them at running four halfback screens all year which actually that might check out though it's like one to carson against the vikings one to alex against the rams which i remember one against one to dj dallas against pittsburgh and another to Alex Collins against Pittsburgh that lost three yards. I think that number might change if I add yeah. receivers. Uh, and tight end. I and, think because we do tight ends a little bit too much. Oh, my goodness. I'm yeah. like, yo, the Gerald Everett stuff, I get it. He's physical, but it's got to cut it out. So here's yeah. the context there. I love one, that we're just pulling all these numbers up in real time, too. <laughs> uh, the more context. This is fun, just pulling up numbers. Uh, the Seahawks go up to 25th in passing yards if I add receivers and tight ends to that okay. number, and that's 25th. 128 yards. So that's a, okay. another 100 yards that they've gained on screen. So they're not the worst screen team in the league. They are the, the worst screen team. Do you have that? Uh, the worst is Baltimore. Baltimore's okay. the worst. They're the Baltimore's the worst when you do halfback screens, or if you do, if I add receivers and tight end screens, is that like saying. lack of doing it, or because I feel like they're do they the, still do it, or is it just like uh, they're just bad? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. They are last in screen attempts, okay. so that's that's, that's 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 part yeah. of it as well. Like sense. the Seahawks they're not a screen are, team; they, they they know who they are. Exactly. <laughs> the Seahawks are twentieth in attempts. Uh, if you account for okay. running back screens, yeah. halfbacks, uh, tight ends, and receivers, and then like twenty, what I say, twenty fifth or something like that in yards. Yeah. So they 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 don't run it a lot, and they aren't good at it. But just like when you watch them do it, you're just like, why are we still doing this thing? Yeah, we shouldn't. We should. <laughs> we shouldn't do it. At least the tight ends. I want to see. I want to see one another one to the running back after after doing a ton of play action. I want to see that, uh, like the classic Todd Gurley slip screen where mm. the entire team goes, you know, the entire offense goes one direction and Todd Gurley's on the other side. I want to see one of those to Carson just, just to try, just like, just to check it out. But then if it, if it doesn't work, then never do it again. Like, that, that'd be like, <laughs> that'd be like my thought process. Like, <laughs> it's how I play Madden. I'm going I'm to try it once. Maybe I'll try it again later, you know? <laughs> it's funny. I asked Russ about um, – I know we're talking about the defense, but this is – I asked Russ. I said, hey, what's going on with the screens? You know, and he, he the first thing he cited was, like, one that worked in week one to Gerald yeah. Everett. Uh, and it actually didn't count because of an illegal block in the back on Alex Collins. But it's like, if you have to go back to week one yeah. <laughs> upon answering the question in week 10, then that means you're not doing the thing right. You know, not not yeah. a good answer. Uh, I mean, it was an honest <laughs> answer. Like he's right. That's the best answer. screen they've run all year, other than the one <laughs> yeah. they ran one to DK against the Niners that worked really well too. But for the most part, the Gerald one was the best one. It was the first one they ran, and yeah. they quite literally have not been good at it yeah. since since then. Not very great. I'm I want to stick with the defense. I'm curious because you said that 
the cornerback play has improved. And if you're watching the games, it has. But you know what hasn't? It's the pass rush. Right now, they're 80 and pass rush win rate. Whoo, that is a mouthful. 29th in pressure rate, 29th in sacks, and 23rd in pressures. I don't know if this defense, if the corners can continue to play as well as they are, if your pass rush is going to be this atrocious. Yeah. Do you see that becoming a problem if the pass rush doesn't improve over these next seven weeks? Yeah, they... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's, 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 it's definitely not a good... I, I'm wondering if, if they've also blitzed less frequently too. That's something I'm I'm interested in knowing because in doing a four man rush, which is what we've been doing a lot more, I think more recently, and, and maybe I'm completely wrong on this, so we'll stat check that later. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll let Mike do that one. Uh, I'm on it. We, Keep going. You yeah, yeah, we we play. We've been so the coverage it has is different. The coverage has been a lot different in the last couple weeks than it was at the beginning of the season. Beginning of the season when I started watching them. They were, they were playing a lot more cover three, cover one while, while throwing in the cover two. It was more it was more in that respect where that's how I viewed it was majority cover three, cover one, and then cover two was their changeup. We've reversed that. We're playing a lot more too high now. We're playing a lot more cover two. We're playing a lot more cover six. I even saw some quarters. I think I saw quarters. We're also doing a lot more where we start with too high and then roll down to cover three from that too high look, at least in the beginning. That is helping the defense, at least the coverage side, a lot more because it's pushing a lot of the reads. So what some teams will do is they'll do a they'll do a two sided concept where you have a cover like a one high side play design on the on the left, let's say, and then a two high play design on the right side. And so it pushes the read to the other side for the quarterback. But then since you're playing the reverse coverage, it actually means you're actually ready for it. Uh, very, very, very simple idea. And, and, it, and it's, it's, but it's working more from a too high look, I think, because that rotation is, is putting, let's say Adams or Ryan Neal, it's putting them into a, uh, a read and react forward looking position where they can attack the ball. It's allowing them to key the guys, the quarterback to attack. Um, I like that better than the, uh, than the other rotation, to be honest with you. I like it way better. Um, cause it allows them to see the field a little better. At, at least, at least that's me personally. Yep. Um, so they've been reading, they've been doing a lot more t- too high looks. And I think that's helping the coverage unit. Um, I think they've been playing a lot more cover too. I think they've, they're, they're doing a better job at passing those routes off. I feel like the miscommunications are going down, which is something we're seeing on the field, which is why we have a lot fewer, uh, big blown assignments and big mistakes. Those are all positives. Now, in terms of the pass rush, I have a feeling we're doing, we're blitzing slightly less. I don't have proof on that. I think we're blitzing slightly less. And I think what's happening is that um, because we're blitzing slightly less, because we're trying to keep the back end coverage more sound. Because I think our team, our defense now trusts our back end coverage as opposed to the other way around, which is what it used to be. Got it. And I think that's actually a fair trade off. But then you do risk having fewer rushers rushing, fewer pressures in that avenue. But maybe Mike has a, a different take. On that. No, I got you. I, I was doing my research. I'm like the ESPN stats and info guy today. This is really fun. This is like actually how I spent a lot of my like off days is like just playing with numbers, see what other teams are doing. So last year the Seahawks were ninth in uh blitz rate. Um, if I'm reading this, uh, well, Adam right. was crazy last year. Yeah. yeah. So that that impacted it. They were yeah. about 34 percent, which like I said is ninth. Damn the rate. The Ravens were at 42. Good yeah, hell. <laughs> Ravens, we're just sending five guys. Every <laughs> five guys, like, <laughs> oh, my play. goodness. Like, half the damn time. Oh, that that's brutal. All right, so let's go to 2021. So, remember, those are last year's numbers. So, right. this year, the Seahawks are actually 19th. So, they've fallen back a few spots. Back. And they're at 22%. 
So that's that's much lower. So you are correct. So you got it, Sam. You're good. They're, <laughs> they're blitzing a lot, a lot less. Uh, I don't have Jamal's numbers in particular in front of me. I, Jamal's I have Jamal's numbers, numbers actually. Oh, so, no. see, there you go. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I, I got him up. So we had how many games did you play last year? Is that 17? It looks like 17 games, roughly. Maybe you missed one. Oh, no, no he, he, he missed, missed, he missed, he missed a, few. a few. Yeah, he played like okay. 12 games or something like that. Okay, so he blitzed 106 times Damn. last year. He, he rushed the passer 106 times. He got 34 <laughs> pressures on that for Goodness pro gracious. football focus. Crazy, crazy yeah, breakdown. That's good. Which is why he led all defensive backs or whatever in sacks. He did that. He broke the record. Mm-hmm. Really good blitzer. Um, So if he played, what, 12 games or 13 games or whatever he played, that means he rushed the passer basically eight snaps a game. Yeah, that's, that's about right. That's about right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This game, we're already at uh nine games and he's rushed the passer 41 times hmm. so that's four and a half times a game so he's literally rushing half as much yep that'll do it yeah and he has a lot fewer pressures uh because of that a lot no sacks and people are freaking out freaking out about his sack numbers which makes no sense <laughs> he's a db guys <laughs> no pete pete said it actually in the press conference he was like yeah people keep talking about his sack uh, sack numbers he's a freaking db <laughs> pete doesn't say freaking very much like he's pissed yeah. Yeah, and, and, and this is like the year that they're actually using him like the Jets did. They're using him exactly like the Jets did. And I like that. It's better. He's, he's, and, and we talked about this where he was getting unfairly criticized for a lot of the blown assignments and stuff like that. Um, I did a video on it, and it's it's true. And, I mean, he, now, he's, now he's playing well, and other DBs are playing well, and now he can actually finally play well. And his, his last two games have been great. Well, pass rush, get it together so everything can come to sync and you, you guys go. can go on a crazy run. Yeah, and who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes. it's pretty much Daryl Taylor and some guys, I will say, for um, which is problematic because they invested in that position of nothing yeah, else, yes. you know, like paying Puna, paying, paying Carlos, paying Carey. Like they paid dudes with Pretty the, nice. I mean, I know they got rid of uh, Jay Reed, but they basically paid guys with the expectation like we are going to they invest in that position more than probably any other position. Um, yeah. I, I would argue. Uh, I mean, they invested in corner, like they signed like eight of them, but, but that doesn't the, yeah. really like in terms of dollars allocated to the, the defensive line, it's to yeah. that like aspect of the game. The only thing the pass rush is doing really well is a uh, batten passes down. Uh, <laughs> You're doing good at that. I, yeah. I didn't realize <laughs> that that was like quantifiable until last year. Uh, the Seahawks are actually for those curious third and uh Batted passes go. at the line. So this is not just yeah. like passes defense and coverage. This is like Al Woods, Luna. Yeah, they're getting their hands up. They're third in the league. They have 13 in nine games. Uh, the only teams that are more of the are the Dolphins and the Cardinals. And the Dolphins and the Cardinals, uh, Cardinals have 15. Dolphins have 14, so just one more. And both of those mm-hmm. teams have already played 10 games. Yeah. So, so, so what's yeah. interesting is that now you mentioned that there was a play in the red zone. Where Puna Ford got a batted pass. He got hit in the face. <laughs> he got hit in the face. <laughs> and the ball smacked him in the helmet. I say they should the Seahawks should have 12, but continue, Sam. Yeah, yeah. So 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 face batted pass. <laughs> it was great. I'm, I'm I'm in. It makes it even better to me. Um and they did a, they actually did a drop eight coverage where they dropped eight and only rushed three because Brian Moan uh he dropped back into like a crosser roll. He probably could have had a pick. Yeah. That was a big potential. And Brian Mo was breaking on it. He was he was looking at it. He's like, this is mine. And the pass gets broken up. And it was to Devontae Adams. Uh and and Aaron Rodgers didn't see him. But Brian no. Moan could have had a pick if Puna Ford didn't get hit in the face. Yeah, we've seen Puna <laughs> drop in the coverage. I said Puna's gonna get a pick six one of these one of these games. Oh, no, that would that would that would be hilarious. Now the de- the defense has turned a corner though. They still have that. Um, and to, they're like the sixth best uh, red zone defense too. I, I when you yeah. guys mentioned red zone, I looked at it. Too. I'm looking up everything here. They're way better uh, in red zone now. Yeah, it's yeah. It's that's something that they they've done a really good job in the past of. Even though they allow a ton of yards, they minimize the points. Yep. Which is that's such, that's, that's such a game changer. And I I think it has to do with their coverage rules and zones. Is that they're 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 better in a tighter space because of that, and 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 I don't I just don't think they mess a lot with man coverage in the red zone. I think it's just a ton of like cover three and cover four, and they're just like, look, you ain't you ain't gonna score on us. You can just keep throwing it underneath and or or pounding the rock until you get it, but you're not you're not gonna throw it on us. Yeah, they're uh, uh, dang. I had the number in front of me. Yeah, they're like a top ten, they're like a top ten third down team and like a top ten red zone team. 
Yeah. And if you stay in the top 10 in those two metrics, like yeah, usually all right. regardless of the other, there's yards per play, yards per yeah. attempt, EPA, like all those matter as well. But if you're, if you're getting off the field on third down and teams aren't scoring touchdowns on you when they get into the red zone, you're probably going to be a good defense independent yeah. of most of those, most of those other factors. Uh, so we've gone, gone through both sides of the ball here, you know, kind of dove into some numbers on both, talked about some concepts on both. Uh, where, so what happens now, Sam, where's your confidence <laughs> level on what happens Here's With here's my team. question: is, is Russell Wilson starting next week? Oh. He started. <laughs> He's going like, to be out there. Get benched in this game. Like, should he even bench? There is. I, I would never bench Russ for Geno, but there is an yeah. argument to be made that he came back too soon. He came back um, a week too soon. At least a week. I would have put him out there. I'm I'm one of those. I'm, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should roundtable it and see. Oh, we I, talked about it. Remember? I'm, well, I want to have included okay. Sam in this. Gotcha. I'm a I'm a person where. You know the greater than less than signs are real popular on social media these days. My my eighty percent of Russell or even fifty percent of Russell healthy yeah. is greater than anything else the Seahawks are going to do. That's just kind of where I am. So even if he is banged up, if he can't take a snap from under center, which is problematic by yeah. the way, if he can't do that, I still put him out there over Gino. Let's roundtable this, Chris. Where are you at? I said this maybe two weeks ago, and I said if Russ is not a hundred percent, I am not putting him out there. Risk yeah. of further injury or. He just stinks, and <laughs> ultimately it was – he stunk. Now, to put Gino out there, eh, I don't know if Gino would have done any better, but he's healthy. I'll yeah. take the health. You take the healthy I'll take Gino. the health. Right, where, where are you at, Sam? Where you at? Okay, so so now this is something I was kind of going back and forth on, and, and it mainly comes to how the defense played Russell Wilson versus how they would have played Gino Smith. Would they have played the same light box? Would they have played the same coverages against Geno that they did with Russell Wilson? If you make the assumption that they would have, then I think Geno could have potentially done a lot better just because Wilson was just that bad. Yeah. Like I, I went through the game and he was inaccurate. He didn't, he didn't trust himself to throw into tight windows. His anticipation was horrible. His pocket presence was awful. He started dropping a lot to nine to 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. And that's allowed edge rushers to come around and and, and hit him. He, he just wasn't good. Um, his interception was horrible decision. It was a backside safety that he just completely missed. Uh, about the second interception. Second interception. Sorry, yeah. Second yeah. interception was just a bad decision. Um, and it's like against cover two, you can't miss that. That's like rule number one is check backside <laughs> safety. It's like rule, literally rule number one. <laughs> and 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 I, the, I mean the the great part is the concept. I think he trusted the concept too much to a, where you have a, a back. It's a three by one set where you have the backside receiver tight end running a deep curl route. And the hope is that that gets the backside safety to jump. And then you have your, you have your tire lock running a post route hitting the middle. That's your hope. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen. Obviously <laughs> didn't happen. The backside safety just keeps drifting. He keeps drifting. Russell Wilson should have seen that he didn't threw it anyways. Interception. He should have checked it down to uh, I think it was Swain underneath. And yeah, that, Swain, and that yep. kept, kept the drive alive, kept going. Bad decision, horrible decision. Um, so the question comes back to Russell Wilson and Geno Smith, and if, if Geno Smith would have gotten different coverages. I don't, and I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Would, I, would, I think, think so. Would have played differently? Yeah, you can tell, like, just their safety. If you just watch um, Savage and Adrian Amos, and Amos, you can just okay. – they have so much respect for – I mean, respect or fear, whatever you want to call it, of DK yeah. and Tyler. Like, even on the Kevin King interception, I mean, this is the greatest argument for adding more firepower. DK and Tyler are doubled. You know, yeah. like, it's, I mean, that's the red zone, so it's a little different. But, like, they respected those guys a lot in that yeah. game. Even Tyler's deep shot that Russ over, like, that was a really hard ball for them to complete if they were going to do it. The Freddie Swain went down the sideline. That was a backyard like scramble. That's why Savage yeah. came up a little bit. But even then, he was like, no, no, no. I'm not going to get beat deep so the you could just tell the safety discipline was just there in a way that maybe it wouldn't have been there with Gino I'm not sure because the Steelers yeah. were similarly like not afraid but they were also trying not to get beat deep so I, I don't have a good answer for it but I do think they probably would have played a little less fearful of the deep ball but still yeah. worried about it because I think everyone's every defensive coordinator gets paid they're coming in every game yeah. saying we can't let 16 run by us. We can't let 14 run by us. Mm. If we keep them in front of us, we'll win the game. And they are largely correct. See, I was not even score. And the, the, I mean, they they threw over. They uh, the, they were able to smoke the Jags because the Jags are the Jags. But not only the, the Jags, the Jags, the Jags play a lot of man coverage. Yeah, um, cover three, cover one. Yeah, so 
it's a little bit easier to carve up with Tyler and DK. Whereas if the team just sits back there and is like, throw it underneath, we got this, you know, it's hard to, yeah. to beat that. So that's, I think you're right. It does matter like how the teams adjust to Gino versus playing Russ. I, but I think you, they're a little bit afraid of the deep ball with Gino, with Gino, but I still think uh, they're, they're less, what is it? 97%. We said that next gen tweeted out. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that, a lot. That, like that's a lot of light boxes. I think that number is probably somewhere in the seventies yeah, um, yeah. or something think- like that. So I th- I think the I think the the next question would be and I I'm in I'm in the camp that you have to start Russell next week and that's just because oh, yeah. you need the upside you, you just need the upside, but my my question and, and and after that performance you can't you can't see something worse I think I think that's my other argument is that we've we've already hit the floor like if you, they score you negative dip, points boy you buy, you buy the dip bad. and you hope it rides <laughs> that's, that's the whole that's, that's the hope uh shoot what was I gonna say um. Russ being starting on Sunday. I mean, I lost it. We're gonna have to come back to that. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's all right. I mean, I do think you gotta play Russ. I mean, it's oh just, yeah. Gotta, but going yeah, into that, I'm like, if Russ is not healthy, why risk it? Because if he gets yeah, hurt, what if, what if he gets hurt again? I know it's a big what if. It's football. Everybody gets banged up. But the season's already eh, not great. Do you put him back right then and there? Do you let him rest an extra week? And that's what the Cardinals are gonna have to be faced with coming Sunday. Do they let? What's the backup's name for the Cardinal? I just forgot. Cole McCoy. Cole, Cole McCoy come He's out also there. hurt too, though. So I don't. Know. Oh well. Yeah. Is, is Cole so, healthy? Is he healthy now? He's, he, they're thinking about it. So yeah. We don't. We don't know. That's why we're talking to you instead of someone who covers the Cardinals. It's <laughs> so just the thing so is, they're, they're thinking: Do we rest Kyler and then go into the bye week, and then he'll be healthy for when they return from the bye week, or do they put Kyler in there, try to get a win, and then go into the bye week? That's a tough decision to make, especially when you look at the rest of the season and what you want to have planned to do, playoffs, Super Bowl, whatever the case may be. So with the Seahawks, with Russell Wilson, it's like, okay, we're three and five. Three and six. Well, this is prior to the Packers game. Excuse me. I'm saying, you know, we're three and five. Russ is saying he's ready to go. He's wearing tape on his finger for whatever the case may be, just to get some stability, whatever. He's playing. Maybe Pete's thinking, do I risk it? Hell, you had Cam Newton available. You should have grabbed him after the first one. That's what I said five weeks ago. You should have grabbed Cam Newton. And some lady was saying that, you know, Cam was throwing like eight interceptions to – or 11 interceptions to eight touchdown passes. And it's like, well, he also was running the football. He's a dual yeah, quarterback. Yeah, last game, he looked, he looked great. I haven't watched yeah. any of the Packers – or Panthers. I saw the highlights. I haven't watched it in detail. Yeah. but I casually that, watched it, and he, and he looked fine for the Reds. My thing was, after that first loss, they should have called up Cam like, hey, which I think they did have conversations, but – Yeah, it they, was, talk, they it, talked to him, it, to pro- be fair. it probably wasn't a good fit. Cam probably didn't want to come in. I'm not – Reporting this, I don't know if this is factual. Cam probably didn't want to come in knowing that Russ is going to return eventually and be on the yeah. pond where he knows that he can With make a difference for a chance to actually actually play, get play time. Exactly, but there was that was an option that would have been nice to see because Cam would have got you two or three wins in my opinion. Yeah, he's, yeah. He just, he just didn't want to compete with. Gino, like that's. I mean, I think and that's he, a fair. Oh, compete with Gino? Okay, that's a different point than I. Yeah, even, I think that's kind of on. my understanding of it. the same thing as if they'd have called him when Sam Darnold was healthy. Like, I'm not competing with Sam, nor am I going to yeah. back up Sam. I'm better than. Can I play? <laughs> then yeah. yes, I will show up, and I think that that's a understandable reason to to not sign. So, so, so I remember my my thought that escaped. Okay, me here we go. Though. We bought enough time. Here we go. We bought enough time for me to remember it. So the question that I had was that assuming ideal play calling. With how Russell Wilson played, like ideal play calling, meaning more runs with with Alex Collins, more play action, get rid of those screens, like you're 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 running more stacks and stuff like that. Is there a scenario with how Russell Wilson played that they would have won that game? Probably. Yeah, I I I think so. Uh, I, I but I now that is. I think about those overthrows over the middle, maybe that results yeah. in a pick. I don't know now. <laughs> he, yeah. he, he, he has some he has some iffy right. throws, but I do think that the run game um, would have would have really helped uh, as well. I don't I think it's a little overstated how well it, I mean how strong it was. There was a lot of like one yard runs and a couple zeros in there, um, but it, yeah. he had like four or five good ones that really that really helped. Which you know is fine when you run the ball ten times. I just think when you're running it more. Um, it just take like th- if you look at some of the bad games that Russ has had, sometimes mm-hmm. the only touchdown they did score because they've had games where he they only score one, and sometimes mm-hmm. that has just been a rushing touchdown. Yeah, um, the Rams game last year down in LA, I think Alex Collins had their only touchdown, and Russ threw like mm-hmm. three picks. That was like one of the <laughs> other worst games that I've seen uh, from him. But yeah. I mean, I, I I've mm, I'm a it's, all, it's also the, the the Packers too, or for some reason, or they match up well. And it's and it's like you look back to 
I looked up PFF's like Russell Wilson's grades, and this was his lowest grade of his career was this game. And then you look back, and his second lowest grade was also the Packers back in 2016, where he got like a 37. He threw like four picks or something. Yeah, it was awful. It was, it was awful. And so it's maybe maybe there's something about the Packers. I don't know. He's yeah, I think I think the Packers and he has some. I mean, it's not totally because he's. I mean, he's not lost to them as much time as he lost to the Packers, but the Vikings, his numbers against them yeah, uh, have been, it's when Zimmer has figured out, like try not to, lo- you know, do the explosives and he just, he finds a way to lose. But yeah, no, there's, I, I don't, I never want to use the term figured out unless you got like a gimmick, like you're doing the wildcat and the dolphins are doing years ago. Like you can yeah. figure out the wildcat, I think, but you can't figure out an elite quarterback like a Mahomes or even like Josh Allen has become like you a great quarterback. Uh, I don't think you ever figure out those guys. You just try to make life hard on them and see how they respond. Yeah, And that is yeah. what the teams have done to the Seahawks, I think, in the better part of the last year and a half, is just let's make life hard on Russ and the offensive line, force them to do the thing that they're not as comfortable doing and see how they respond. And we've seen the results. It got Schottenheimer <laughs> fired. <laughs> Man, I guess that's not funny, <laughs> but like that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the reality of it. All right, yeah. let's, let's end this on a prediction. Uh, I'm going to put both of you guys on the spot because when I'm like hosting, I can do that. Let's start with Sam. Uh, give me a season prediction uh, or like a record prediction for the Seahawks 2021. How do you think this ends? Assuming, let's assume just no major injuries. Russ plays every game. Dwayne Brown's fine, you know, stuff like that. Just uh, assuming right. no major injuries in the division either. Kyler comes back, stuff like that. <laughs> it's, let, let, me, let, me, let me look at the Seahawks schedule so I don't. Detroit's coming up. I got some te- the Texans and Washington's a that's a that's that could be a win. Yeah, they play Arizona, Washington, Washington. San Francisco, Detroit, the Rams. Houston, the Rams, yeah. Cardinals, and then 49ers. There's two. There. Yeah, Justin Fields. Yeah, you're gonna. I can easily see them splitting going going to the end. I think I they're three and six now. I think I I I think they're either gonna be six and eleven or seven seven ten. <laughs> Damn. Oh God, that's getting somebody fired around <laughs> here. <laughs> Maybe yeah. yeah, maybe I'm more pessimistic than most. I think I, I think I, I think I think I think I'll go seven and ten. Seven Jeez and ten from weeze. Sam. There, all right, Chris, take the people home. What you got? You're next, by the no, way. No, no, I'm not gonna do. I'm gonna do, go ahead. Toss it to me. Watch <laughs> me close the show. <laughs> I'm gonna say they're gonna finish eight and nine. Right. Eight and nine. Yeah. All right. There you go, folks. So if they finish six and eleven, seven and yell ten, at or eight and nine. No, yell at the yeah. two. Of you. Don't yell, yeah. Just <laughs> hey, I said eight and nine. That's better than six and eleven. That's getting everybody yeah. fired. It's very, very clear. All these records would get somebody fired. Well, and, think about yeah. it. How many games are left? Seven games? No. Eight, no. eight, oh, eight, eight games. games. Eight games. I think they win five more. There's three. They can yeah. them going five and three. The rest. Yeah, of the I got. Way. I got them winning four. So I mean, is that really that bad, Mike? When you think about it, I'm just saying it. It's somebody no, no, no. getting their head chopped off. Don't, if that that's happens. fine, that's but fine. isn't that reasonable? I like I to plan be. for. I like to plan or hedge my happiness. So if, <laughs> if they do a lot better, hey, then, look then at I'm that. happy because they did better, and I'm like, oh great, I was wrong. But if they do worse, then I'm like. Oh damn, they, they were a lot bad, a lot worse. <laughs> well, I, it can't get worse than zero points, so they're gonna score yeah, more points. Sure. And me and Chris called the offense. We called the offense broken um, after the game, and it, uh, and I, I actually stand by that. Watching the tape again, like there are some fundamental parts about this that just aren't aren't meshing well. They're not calling things like we uh-huh. talked about. They're not calling the things that Russ is good at, and Russ isn't hitting the things that he should be hitting. And then the O line's not great. Like it's just. Too many things are going wrong. Worst third down team in the league, so mm. a lot of things going wrong. But they'll score more than zero every week. I'm very confident. And you dodge the go to Vegas with that one and put All that right. one on me. That Mike says they'll score more than zero in literally yeah. every game this year, and that that's I I, I can damn near promise you that. So that's <laughs> my hope. prediction. There oh, we go. That's there my it only is. hot. Take I'm gonna set you up. Bold. I have something for you. I got you. <laughs> I'm gonna catch you slipping. That's my bold take. And uh, Sam, now if they don't, we're gonna be upset. Oh. <laughs> That's gonna be bad. That's gonna be somebody getting somebody really somebody getting fired that day. That's yeah. one of them, one of them tarmac firings. Even if they don't have to fly, even if it happens at home, somebody mm. get, they take whoever to the tarmac at SeaTac and fire them <laughs> just just to make it a tarmac fire like they do in college. Uh, Sam, we're very happy to have you join us. Um, we don't want this to be the last time for the regular season. Hell, maybe we have you back on when they play Arizona again. You know, this is maybe that's be our, uh-huh. our thing. I feel like no one covers the Cardinals. So. <laughs> <laughs> just like everyone talk to them who knows i don't know if people want to hear about the texans either so nope. maybe bring you back that week as well but we appreciate the insights man uh, i'm gonna shout out your trey brown film study 
that you have on your YouTube channel. Uh, it's very good. I enjoy all your film studies, but I think that was the most recent one. You got anything in the works coming? Any film studies you want to tease to the people? Yeah, I'm doing uh, Mac Jones is this week. Ooh. He's looking real good. Should I start him? Really should, I, should I start him next week, Sam? I wouldn't start him. Ah, <laughs> dang, he's looking okay. really he's good. He's playing the from, Falcons uh, this week, right? You wouldn't start yeah. him against the Falcons? It was a joke, but oh, Sam yeah. just told me don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to that because you're going to come with the nuanced take that we need here, because I don't know if you go into the interwebs and just search Mac Jones, you get just such I, bad I, discourse. I, I think I think I think he's I think he's good. I, th I think he's looking good. No, yeah, definitely. Definitely. As someone who has a Browns defense in fantasy, I'm very aware of how well Mac Jones <laughs> just played. Yeah. Before you go, we need you to come down to Seattle and do a film review on our flag football games. I think we, we would <laughs> learn go. so much from you, Sam. It would be great to have you come to Seattle <laughs> with your notepad, laptop, and watch yeah, a few games. And Yeah, man, that'd be great, man. What do you think, Mike? I mean, throw it to me. That's the film. Yeah, yeah. Analysis. Throw, it deep. Yeah, deep. <laughs> throw it deep to me. That's it. But anyway, that is the Seahawks Man to Man podcast this week. Shout out to the homie Sam Gold, man. Sam, we appreciate you all the time. You do great work. We love talking to you. Uh, this wasn't as doom and gloom as we've had. Yeah, fun. Pods. Absolutely. Our, our, our post game pod was very doomy and gloomy. So that's yeah. what happened when you score zero. So we appreciate you, man. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you for everyone subscribing on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, The Athletic, all that stuff. We will catch you guys after the game on Sunday. On that note, we out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.